This segment of the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show on Starter FM was sponsored by Business 2 Video. That's business with the number 2 video. Are you a startup looking for better visibility on the internet? Are you struggling to get your website to make you money? Business 2 Video, that's business with the number 2 video, are a successful digital marketing company that have helped hundreds of people like yourself. For a free consultation, give them a call today. 02-91-940108 or check out their website, business 2 video. Com. That's business with the number two video.com. Jordan Shanks, friendly Geordies, good morning to you. Good morning, Marcus Paul. It's been a while. It has been a while. And uh, congratulations on the move, I've got to say. Well, I'm refreshed. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling uh, good. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, uh, and you know, I'm not so hamstrung. And nobody's over my shoulder saying, "Hey, you can't say that. You can't be doing that. Come on." You know, mm. uh, I don't want to be somebody who I'm not. So, <laughs> great. And what about you? And you know, and you know yeah. what else as well? You sound less even after a couple of sentences. You sound like you're not restrained. I think that there's just even if even if the manager isn't there, the point is that there is a clock in the corner of your eye and thinking, okay, I've just got to go into six ads about retirement homes. <laughs> uh, that, that's got to that's got to train. It's got to train. Well, very true. Uh, you're right, and I'm loving this format. I'm loving the fact that I can play a bit more modern music, and you know, and we've got plenty of people, uh, plenty of the friendly, uh, friendly prawnies who are, are tuning in daily, which is wonderful. <laughs> you know, a good autumn shout out. I, I've taken the prawn thing to the next level. You know that. Oh yeah, I'm very aware. Yeah. People send me memes all the time. Oh, why not? I mean, well, uh, and right. I have it's, you it's, to it's, thank it's, for that. Yeah, well, it's amazing that you leant into it because it's like it's clearly the best. It's the best branding that you can ever do, isn't it? Well, it's I the same thing so. with me. It's just like how everyone always just always hit me as Labor Shill, and now I sell shirts being like proud Labor Shill. Always the thing that you should do. Yeah, I get called a Labor Shill as well, but that's okay. You know, the one thing that does frustrate me, though, um, and when I uh, when I got the arse from 2SM and it all went down, there, and I, I used this in a, a, a piece that I wrote for a radio uh, website, and there was a, a few people on there saying, oh, it was only a matter of time. I mean, he was too far left, um, you know, uh, Talkback Radio is the home of the conservatives and, you know, conservative listeners and those on the right and all the rest of it. And I, I, I used a couple of those notes in my piece and tried to dispel it. But, you know, I'm listening now to the only show in town, I guess, when it comes to Sydney, and GB, and you can 100% tell what side they're on. I feel like there's an imbalance there now I'm gone. Right. <laughs> Okay. Look, I'm saying this. That, that was exactly it. It was amazing that you were offering an alternative mm. in Sydney. And I was thinking the whole time, I don't know how he's getting away with it. And you weren't. And it really does seem like they were just waiting for an opportunity to offer you. I don't know the behind-the-room politics, behind-closed-doors politics, but yeah. I could say it is a testament that you survived that long when really all they wanted you to do was 
uh, read the Telegraph verbatim like you were the blind person's channel, reading out the paper every day. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal and testament to you. All right. Well, well, let's move on. Uh, let's fast forward now. We, we've put all that in the past. Um, I want to talk about your, your new bunch of shows. You, you're playing around the country at the moment. We'll do that. But first and foremost, we're, what, two weeks away now from the 21st of May and the federal election. Um, my first question to you is, do you like the colour teal? I'm liking this. I'm liking that teal is a thorn in the side of the Liberal Party, like the Greens have been for the last 20 years to Labor. That's great, because this is the amazing thing. If you watch Sky News, it's incredible. <laughs> oh, all, yeah. all the points that you hear, Labor MPs have been complaining about Greens, which is, okay, you say that you're there to help out the Labor Party and, and you know, make us better, quote-unquote. Uh, why then are you running all of your major campaigns in our safe seats, making them marginal, which then means that we have to divert all of our resources to keeping you out, really? So in a way, it's just another front that the Labor Party has to fight. Yeah. Uh, that well, is now getting relayed by... Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, you, you're absolutely right. I know what you're going to say. It is... It's kind of funny in a way, too. And even today, Malcolm Turnbull coming out almost supporting these Climate 200 candidates. I mean, I I was driving home and I had uh, old GB on and, again, they're losing their shit because oh, the the miserable ghost is back. We've got to kick him out of the Liberal Party because here he is again. We're, we're up against these <laughs> teal independents and here he is saying you should vote for them because they are more conservative. What? That's great stuff. I love it. Uh, it is amazing because you can see that there's a lot of fear. Otherwise, they would be ignoring it. But they see it as an existential threat to the Liberal Party. And it's mostly because, and this is something that's incredible about the yacht clubs in Manly that they be, uh, you know, centering themselves around. They <laughs> cannot, that type of person used to be represented by the Liberal Party. Yeah. And now no longer is because ever since Morrison's lot came in, it's no longer the, the uh, you know, really the party of the cravat wearers and the blue bloods. It's this strange mix of government bureaucrats that come from the darker corners of bureaucracy like Dutton and Morrison. Mm. They just like, you know, parasitically crawl their way up. And they do not target their messaging towards appealing to those people. So now you've got Teal's coming in, which is sort of like Liberal Party classic, I suppose, which is really like, look, I want to be able to make a lot of money and I want my superannuation to be tax-free, but I also want there to be a planet that I can retire on. Uh, And so that is like eating up a lot of their vote. And I do actually think it's going to be extremely damaging to them this election. And once those independents are in, I think it'll be really hard for them to hoist out. Because this is something else that's like really interesting about those seats. Say Mm. with Dave Sharma and uh, Allegra Spender. Yeah. Dave Sharma isn't particularly liked in Wentworth, and it, it turns out, how incredible is this, because Wentworth is obviously you know, the most expensive seat in the country. It's because Dave Sharma made his money in stocks, and therefore he's considered, quote, new money. 
They say they're a broad church, but there's so much infighting going on. And the other issue, of course, too, is that there's been so many captain's picks uh, by Scott Morrison in, you know, in the most recent times. And and that has led some of the party faithful to well and truly turn against them. I mean, it's not just North Sydney, not just Wentworth, but also Josh Frydenberg's looking over his shoulder down there in Victoria. Yep. Isn't that great? That would be ama- if they could eliminate Josh Frydenberg. <laughs> oh, God, that's really screwed them for the next generation. That was that was what they were putting all their hopes on. You know, that yeah. was just like giving best supporting actor to someone at the Oscars. You're really positioning them for the Oscars the next year. Mm. So that's that would be incredible. I really hope that one. In fact, out of all of the seats. That could be taken away. I know that Labor thinks that there's like a chance in Dixon to get rid of Dutton. I don't think there is. No. But if they can get rid of Josh Frydenberg, that would be a real hindrance to the party. Yeah, wouldn't it? What? My special guest this morning, Jordan Shanks, a.k.a. Friendly Geordies. Marcus Paul in the morning on this Monday, 0406-521-250 is our... Hotline number, it's open for you 24-7. If you've missed or you do miss any of the chat this morning with Friendly Geordies, it'll be up on the Prawncast podcast a little later and all over our social media too. Marcus Paul in the morning. Back with more of Jordan Shanks, Friendly Geordies, in just a couple of moments. This segment of the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show on Starter FM is sponsored by Business 2 Video. That's business with the number 2 video. Check out their website, business2video.com. That's business with the number 2 video.com. Marcus Paul in the Morning, welcome back on this Monday. My special guest this morning from Friendly Geordie's, the one and only Jordan Shanks. Again, if you turn to the Murdoch Press, which I've just brought up an article here on the computer, Scott Morrison really is the family guy, Jordan. Not just because it's clear that his wife Jenny and daughters Abby and Lily are the centre of his world, but because he believes that family is vital to helping every kid negotiate the treacherous world they're growing up in and helping to fix the country's growing youth mental health crisis. Uh, It's yet another uh, puff piece uh, again, from uh, it's not written by Morrow, would you believe? Somebody by the name of James Campbell has put this family and faith inside the world of Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Uh, I mean, even these kind of pieces, I don't think are going to get him across the line this time. See, all right, can I just ask you what is, what's your uh, what's your prediction for this election? I think a, a narrow win to Labor, and they may need to do a deal, perhaps, with one or two of the crossbenchers. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, my, that's, gut, that's my gut feeling. I hope they can right. win in their, you know, outright, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think that's what it's looking like. Which I've got to say, he is phenomenal. So in a way... Those headlines are working, aren't they? Because there is no way that a government that wasn't completely protected by the press that could screw up the bushfires, COVID and the floods as badly as they have, let alone the rorts, let alone the rorts. We just finished doing video then. Yeah. That was 
outlining a, a tiny amount of what is on public record of the billions of dollars these people have invested in themselves to get themselves re-elected. It's like nothing else the Australian public's ever seen before. In terms of the corruption index, we're now down there with countries like Turkey, for Christ's sakes. Like, it yeah. is truly astonishing how much they have eroded uh, public scrutiny is that on getting, how your money is spent. Yeah. Is that huh? getting through, though? Is that any of that cutting through? I know there's been a lot of discussion about the uh, the fact that it's a broken election promise by the LNP about setting up a, a federal integrity commission. They, of course, blame Labor and their cheer squad also jump on that. But do you think any of that has cut through or do, do people just are people not attuned to it? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, yes, it does definitely cut through, yeah. but it's hard to get that message through a fog that surrounds Canberra of mm. the, the, the Canberra press gallery. Like, they, they won't really report on What they will report on is that Scott Morrison is also offering a an integrity commission, of course, because the whole point is to just dilute any time there is any natural grassroots concern that bubbles its way to the top, the press's response then is to acknowledge it, but then move it and massage it as in like that that is getting dealt with. That's that's mm. the usual message that's getting out there. But you're right. Like uh it it's not getting out to the degree that it should, because if that was, this government would not be looking at, you know, a, a slight electoral loss. It would be looking like it was getting wiped out like Labor was in the OB days. You know, like obliterated off the map, a tiny little rump, a naughty corner of the House of Reps. Yeah, okay. That's all it should be looking at. So the fact that the Labor Party is even looking at a narrow victory at the end of this election, it's like, you know, they have done an incredible job of hiding that much misconduct. All right, friendly Geordies, Jordan Shanks, my special guest this morning here on Starter FM around Australia on the iHeartRadio platform. Uh, we're here until 9, 7 until 9, Australian Eastern Standard Time each Monday to Friday, of course, and later on the podcast stroke prawncast. I want to talk to Geordies a bit further about the Clive Palmer United Australia Party. I think a vote for Clive is a vote for ScoMo. I'll get Geordies' thoughts on that. And much, much more right after this. Marcus Paul in the morning. If you like, you can give me a call. What's the number, Marcus? 0406-521-250. Anytime, 24-7. Call me on, have your say on the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show. On Starter FM. This segment of the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show on Starter FM was sponsored by Business 2 Video. That's business with the number 2 video. Check out their website, business2video.com. That's business with the number 2 video.com. Monday morning, Marcus Paul in the morning. Don't forget you can give us a call anytime on our hotline 0406-521-250. Get your calls in, leave a message, and as always, you can comment on the Facebook page. All right, well, friendly Geordies, Jordan Shanks is my special guest this morning. Uh, Before we finish our chat today, I'll let you know where you can catch up with Jordan. He's playing some sold-out shows in WA this week, but he'll be in Sydney and Canberra 
and elsewhere uh, in the coming weeks. So we'll get into all of Jordan's tour dates for you in just a couple of moments. What about uh, the United Australia Party? I did a, a story on the show the other day saying that, you know, Palmer and his mob are, are leaving everybody else behind with their advertising spend on, uh, you know, commercial outlets and also on social media. Uh, I think a, a vote for Clive is a vote for Scott. Um, Palmer will funnel UA, UAP preferences to the Liberals and the Liberals will give Palmer effectively after that whatever he wants. I mean, that's why he's in the game. I don't think he's really in the game at all apart from uh, his mining interests. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you're pointing that out, Marcus. That's great. That's, that's the real sleeper. That's the thing that might... You know, this is what this is the other narrative that you're seeing happening in the press at the moment. That oh, everyone all of a sudden is thinking about voting independent. Well, no one was thinking about voting independent in 2013, but it was absolutely necessary to kick out uh, Kevin Rudd for a fifth of the debt that we're currently in. A right? Fifth. Yeah. That was yeah. that was. That, these people need to be wiped off the map. But now, because they know that they probably can't get the Liberals over the line. Uh, outright. Now they're looking at minority government. The reason they're looking at minority government is because these are very experienced operatives in the press, and they know that if there is no party cohesion like there is in the Labor Party, it'll be very easy to pick off independents and minor parties that are A, inexperienced, and B, don't have an official line that they need to say to the press. So it's much easier to pick off a you know, a hung parliament. And the other thing that is genius about it, I was just talking to Kevin Rudd about this recently. When I go and do my shows, right, it's astonishing. The people that come up to me that are Labor voters are from the public sector, always. And the reason they're from the public sector is because they actually know how government works because they are the government. They see it operating on a day-to-day basis. What used to be the Labor Party vote was the blue-collar vote. Now, when you go to construction site or, you know, like a truck depot or something like that, uh, the average person there, there's, there's like a split. It used to be very heavily Labor. Now it's some people vote Labor, some people vote UAP, some people vote One Nation. It's these parties that have this kind of, uh, you know, blue-collar veneer. Yeah. painted over the top of them, like your UAPs and your One Nations. This has been a genius funnel of whoever thought about this, the spin doctors in Canberra, of getting people that, you know, a government that does not represent them at all damages their life, actively damages their life. You can see it. We're looking at it purchasing power-wise. You are $10,000 poorer under this government. Since it came in from Abbott to now, you are $10,000 a year poorer. Well, that's what I always say when, yeah, when people say to me, oh, you know, why uh, are you supporting the Labor Party or, or why are you, you know, always pushing, you know, uh, a barrow for change? Well, I say to them, ask yourself, go back 10 years, are you any better off today than you were a decade ago? Most of them say mm-hmm. no. Yes. Unless they're, but, you know, big, big business. Yeah. That's great. I'm so – that's the exact question that you should be asking people because it's obvious. Like, it's come to the point because you've got your 10 years in now. Do you, 
if things were going to get better, if these so-called plans were in place that were long-term, surely a decade is enough to see some kind of response from that, right? And the truth of the matter is there is. We are seeing the response to these long-term plans, and the long-term plans are, as you pointed out, the average person is much, much worse off. Yeah, and big business um, is thriving, has thrived through the pandemic, and we've spoken about that previously. And, you know, and, uh, you know, when you've got a treasurer who won't claw back money from corporations around the country that made, uh, you know, a pretty penny during the pandemic, and then on top of that receive government welfare, corporate welfare as we like to call it, and you've got a treasurer who just, you know, blinks every time somebody asks him, well, are you going to, you know, ask them for the money back? I mean, imagine how many hospitals that could build. Imagine how many roads that could build. Or more importantly, imagine how that could further fund the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Mm, mm, mm. Right, that's... It's just like that's, that. That's the true... The true crime of a Liberal government being in, I think, isn't so much the damage that they do to these institutions. It's more the wasted opportunity. It's just 10 years of... It's, it's not so much... The going backwards, because once those institutions are in, you can kind of just build them back. But it's just 10 years of peddling your feet. Yeah. Nothing progressing, nothing going, nothing improving, which is other time that there is other countries that have good governments in for that 10 years implementing plans that will, you know, be paying dividends for decades in the future. And it's just like you can't keep up Mm. at that point. Yeah. Fear is a big thing that's being used at the moment by uh, the Liberal Nationals in particular, um, Peter Dutton. Uh, Again, the rhetoric uh, toward China, the rhetoric, you know, prepare for war and beating those drums of war and all the rest of it. I've heard from a lot of uh, older Australians that they are fearful. What do you mean we're going to war with China? I didn't know they were sore at us, that kind of thing. Do you think that works? Um, it's pretty obvious what Peter Dutton is trying to do. I mean, and then again, he turns around and says, oh, China simply wants Labor to win the next election because, you know, Labor's in their back pocket, for God's sake. I mean, what a load of bullshit. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, look, it obviously works with a certain demographic. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it does, um, but I, I don't like all of this uh, this rhetoric of um, you know we we need to arm ourselves to the back teeth in case you know China, who are apparently a little closer now that they are going to build some kind of military base in the Solomon Islands. I mean, fear—that's not a way to rule, is it? Look, it's the go-to. It's yeah. definitely the go-to for the coalition. They've got two sticks. They've got the one we're superior economic managers, which is just based off a complete myth and lie that uh, is just perpetuated and is drummed into people's minds so they think that that's the case. Mm-hmm. And then the other one always is, you know, once it was the communists, then it was the terrorists, now it's the Chinese. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's... You know, in fact, you know, they, they tried to push out that it was the Russians and the Chinese working together, despite the fact that that's so geopolitically illiterate yeah. that it should be, uh, you know, 
qualification in itself not to be a, a defence minister. Don't forget but, the boats too. That's another big boats, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you, you if you re-elect or, or elect a Labor government, the boats will start arriving within days. I mean, they're already preparing. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, it definitely works. Yeah. It definitely works. But the thing is, I think it works with, as you said. The older generation, and I think that, that was uh, an offshoot of they, they lived through the Cold War. Yeah, you know, and so I think that when they hear Chinese, it's just in their head to think of uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just just like Bay of Pigs or whatever, right? And yeah. so I think that with the younger generations, and there was some uh, there were some stats about this which really helped. The, the most of the Australian public, when they ask them about China, mm. they're not so much scared of them invading tomorrow. They actually see that as like quite a caricature, which I was shocked by. I honestly thought, just by how much press coverage that point gets, yeah. that it must work. But most people just think, no, it was better when we were able to trade wine with them instead of not being able to because Scott Morrison said a couple of things to grab a headline in news.com. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was during COVID. And, you know, he cost us $20 billion in trade just by, you know, saying useless things, like nasty things about the Chinese that obviously requires a response on their end. And this oh. is the whole thing that's just like, if, if, you, are tr- if you are being uh, an active defence minister, surely you would look at a country that has 1.3 billion people and is one of uh, the most armed countries on earth and think it's probably not a good idea to make provocative statements. Maybe at least keep it professional. This was Paul Keating's point about it, which was like, yeah. they, they don't even meet the ambassador for China in the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, like the ambassador's hall. The liberals don't even do that. They don't even give them that level of respect. And then they wonder why Chinese relations have just completely soured in the last 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> It's they, really because it's like yeah. they actively try not to. And they, they're our biggest trading partner, as you mentioned, not just the wine but the barley and there's wheat and there's, uh, you know, <laughs> coal. I mean, if they turn off the tap completely... Which you know could well true it could be a, a, an option down the track for the Chinese if Scott Morrison and the Liberal Nationals are re-elected, then we're well and truly stuffed. Well and truly stuffed, which is amazing. This is the whole thing that I'm very impressed by. A lot of the time, I always say that the narrative is bought by the Australian public, but for some reason, the China narrative just doesn't work anymore. Mm. As I said, it works with a small demographic, but the average person would much prefer them as a trading partner. Well, <laughs> look at the Solomon Islands, for goodness sake. Yep, my special guest this morning, Friendly Geordies, a.k.a. Jordan Shanks. Uh, we need to talk a little about Anthony Albanese, and we'll do that in just a couple of moments. Marcus Paul in the morning on this Monday. If you like, you can give me a call. What's the number, Marcus? 0406521250. Anytime, 24-7. Call me on, have your say on the Marcus Paul in the morning show. On Starter FM. 
this segment of the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show on Starter FM is sponsored by Business 2 Video. That's business with the number 2 video. Are you a startup looking for better visibility on the internet? Are you struggling to get your website to make you money? Business 2 Video, that's business with the number 2 video, are a successful digital marketing company that have helped hundreds of people like yourself. For a free consultation, give them a call today. 02919401108 or check out their website business2video.com that's business with the number 2 video.com well jordan i think it's time to turn our attention to anthony albanese now um, a lot has been made uh, and even today again there's more front page headlines you know he just doesn't get it or he's not on top of his brief and the gotcha moments continue with journos screaming at him and all the rest of it um just being pragmatic for a moment some say he's had a shocker. Uh, what do you think of Anthony's performance so far during the election campaign? That man is, without a doubt, the most disciplined campaigner I've ever seen since I've been conscious, I think. The fact that they had been setting up the narrative that Anthony Albanese is inexperienced despite having That's 25 ridiculous. years of experience. Yeah. 1990, <laughs> he's been there since 1996, for God's sake. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and after 25 years, don't you normally get a plaque if you've stayed at the same company that long? Well, that's right. That's he's, how much yeah. experience that is. He's been an acting prime minister. He's held a number of portfolios. And, you know, he's also um, been, uh, when Labor were in government, responsible for billions upon billions of dollars of Australian infrastructure. None of it went over budget. All of it was accountable and there were no issues. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. This narrative that uh, Albo's just not up to it or inexperienced or can't be trusted is rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. But the thing that was amazing, because I didn't think that it was going to affect him in the polling, because I thought it's just so stupid, the point of, uh, you know, he forgot the answer to a question. Uh, I thought that that just wasn't going to work. Mm. But it did affect his standing as preferred prime minister by quite a few points. I think by memory it was like three or four. Yeah, yeah. And... It was because it was just the only thing the press talked about during an election. During a six-week election cycle, there's nothing else affecting the country whatsoever apart from the fact that Albo might not be the best person at pub trivia, I guess. That was it. That was the headline for a long time. And the reason it was is because the narrative was set up that he was inexperienced. And finally, after three years of not faltering once, he faltered once after endlessly campaigning and he was tired with cameras in front of his face for 10 hours a day. They clipped that out. They showed that for the next two weeks. That becomes the narrative and it slots into the narrative that they've been pumping into people's heads for the last year. Mm. Do you think it's it puts, actually quite phenomenal? Yeah, it puts a bit of pressure on him, though. I mean, even just yeah. late last week, of course, with the whole six points on the NDIS. And he did kind of, in my opinion, professional opinion, I thought he appeared a little flustered. Um, almost like a deer in the headlights. Uh, I don't know whether it's because he... I, I don't believe for a moment he 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 doesn't 
know what the brief is or he doesn't know what he, the points are that he wants to get across. But, I mean, if you're going to have a six-point plan, well, why have a six-point plan in the first place? Just get your talking <laughs> points across because, you, you know, you're bound to be asked by some smart-ass journalist from Channel 9 like he was the other day, well, what are the six points? All right, he's named one. What are the other five? And, and they will – they know. They can smell the blood in the water, Jordan and they will hone in, and there you go. They've got their next gotcha moment, which will run at the top of the news. You know that Sky will make a promo out of it and then give it to the Liberals like they did, and off we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a brutal, it's a brutal little game they play, but you're right. That's exactly... I mean, you just... Yeah. You nailed it. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, well, it's pretty obvious to people like you and I... Um, but I, I, I do worry that, you know, Joe Public out there gets the perception when they, even if they don't buy, um, you know, any of the Murdoch rags, uh, they can see when they walk into their shopping centre, you know, the front page, she hasn't got a clue or no idea elbow or whatever. Um, you know, that, I just think, I mean, as you know, Kevin Rudd runs a, a tally of, of, of News Corp's front pages and, I mean, Labor is so far behind in uh, in positive stories, it's not funny. It's pretty obvious what the uh, what the narrative is. <laughs> hey? I didn't know about that actually. It's very clever, uh, and uh, I mean, yeah. it's just it's the it's the way that they operate. I mean, it goes back to when you know the, the front. This is how silly they are. They'll run a story uh, about you know how some former Labor you know person apparently. Um, you know, used a cartoon that featured um, Nazi symbols or something for, you know, many, many years ago, but then they forget they run a front-page story of Anthony Albanese, Kevin Rudd and others from the Labor Party dressed as Hitler and Himmler and everybody else, uh, you know, even though they used it as Hogan's heroes. I mean, it's so hypocritical, it's ridiculous. It's, it's truly, truly amazing, that one. All right, friendly Geordies, Jordan Shanks, my special guest this morning here on Starter FM around Australia on the iHeartRadio platform. Uh, we're here until 9, 7 until 9, Australian Eastern Standard Time each Monday to Friday. If you want to have your say, 0406521250. Marcus Paul in the morning. This segment of the Marcus Paul in the Morning Show on Starter FM was sponsored by Business 2 Video. That's business with the number 2 video. Check out their website, business2video.com. That's business with the number 2 video.com. Yeah, Monday morning, Marcus Paul in the morning. Don't forget, you can give us a call anytime on our hotline, 0406 uh, Get your calls in, leave a message, and as always, you can comment on the Facebook page. I think we need to talk about your show. Um, I'm yet to, I'm going to come and see it uh, in Sydney. You're playing in Sydney, uh, I think, this week, yes. Um, but what's, what's it all about? Tell me about... Uh, a game as old as Rome. Pretty obsessed by it, I've got to say. It was right. that I came across a book by a hero of mine, Michael Parenti. He wrote a book called Inventing Reality about the mainstream press. Yeah. Uh, I came across his other work, The Assassination of Julius Caesar. Now, I was very interested in Rome as a boy, and he wrote this book, which was more or less 
an ancient version of his book, Inventing Reality. It just shows how historians and journalists are pretty much the same class of human being, right? They're usually just the, the off-cuts of the upper crust of society. Right. Uh, and so they see everything through that frame. And as a result, Caesar has been seen and is still used to this day as the pin-up boy of a tyrant that corrupts democracy. And he goes into why that portrayal was made, and it is exactly the same reason that the Burdock Press today holds Scott Morrison up as a defender of family and Australian values and <laughs> Anthony Albanese as an inexperienced marauding court. And it is incredible. It's it really... Because Rome it, it is like the foundation of Western civilization, right? It's the so like, it is a It is a reflection yeah. of our time now. And it shows that nothing has changed in the last 2,000 years. The same competing interests were uh, operating back then as they are now. And it is truly astonishing when you go into detail how accurate that statement is. Well, you need um, to control the mob. Uh, Rome was the mob, and, uh, you know, I think I'm getting the correlation here. Uh, I mean, the mob is Joe Public, and a lot of it, and even in your old show, you went through similar scenarios whereby people are being almost hoodwinked without even realising it. Yes. Yes. That's the, that is exactly what the show is about. Yeah. And so I think that what is truly astonishing when you sit back and think about it. It's just like, wow, that is that is 2,000 years mm. of the exact same dynamic in play across all Western, quote-unquote, democracies. <clears throat> That's why I called it a tale as old as Rome, uh, because it just... There's something about that level of time where you just start thinking, God, think of all the wasted opportunities. One example that I'll give just your listeners, by the way, uh, is that back in the day, one of the major interests in their version of the Liberal Party yeah. was, uh, you know, they, they were essentially property developers like you have now, just on a state, <laughs> you know, the state level, and they did exactly the same thing that we do that you do today. Like you, you see the exact same policies implemented back then that you saw then of zero building codes, and as a result, you see all these shoddy apartments that are built, and then they collapse in on themselves and they catch fire all the time. And instead of fixing the problem, they then incentivize. They use taxpayer money in Rome to incentivize those senators to build more shoddy, dodgy apartments that collapse in on themselves and catch on fire because instead of putting in codes that say you have to make these buildings structurally sound, they instead say if your building collapses, the state will compensate you for your economic loss. And that is very, very similar to what is happening today. Like, there's there's very little change in how, like essentially, what happens. Like, there's there's more there's more loopholes. Uh, there's more there's more steps between the loopholes. It's not as overt as it was back then. Yeah. But essentially, if you have a a a building that collapses or catches on fire now, yep. because liberals are the optimates of today. You will be compensated for that. You won't have to pay for it. First off, it's not your responsibility that you build a shoddy apartment. Once it's up, there's very little in the way of protecting anybody that 
uh, had damaged property as a result of that. Yeah. And then on top of that, you will be getting a bunch of incentives to do more of that shit. It's 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 incredible. It's it's like yeah. It's it's honestly, I think it's not so much just the fact that it's uh, it's honestly not because it's my show. It's just it is one of the most mind blowing concepts. I've ever come across, and like once I did, I did, I had to write a show about it. Yeah, I had absolutely. to write a show about it just to explain the depth of how far that goes. All right, well, a tale as old as Rome. Uh, you'll be in Perth this week, but other shows: uh, Sydney, the 18th and the 22nd. Get your tickets. Uh, Katoomba, you're going to go up in the Blue Mountains. Beautiful on the 26th. Yes. Uh, that's been just announced. You'll be down in the Illawarra and Wollongong. Uh, in June, then Adelaide, then Canberra, Ulladulla, Bathurst, Avalon, uh, Central Coast, and then in July you head up to Queensland, to the Gold Coast, then Townsville, Brisbane, and the Sunshine Coast. All the tickets are available, all the w's.friendlygeordies.com forward slash live show. Um, they'll be on your Facebook page, of course, and I look forward to seeing you uh, when you're in Sydney next. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Really appreciate it. You're coming to the wedding, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I would for yeah. sure. No, no. Well, that, you, um, Christo, um, yeah, you, you guys are coming. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be getting married if it wasn't for you. You know that mm. story, don't you? Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, I deserve front row seats. Yeah, well, well, that's right. I mean, if there wasn't so many bloody uh, liberals from. Uh, the gorgeous one's side of the family, you would have been the MC. But I, didn't, I, I didn't want to stretch the friendship that much. I, Albo's invited too. If, he, if he's able to come, we'll put you on a table with him. And, uh, and of course, everybody's favourite uh, auntie, Helen Dalton, will be there too. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, congratulations once again, Marcus. No, no, well, thank you. Uh, I wouldn't have met Ash if it wasn't for you and your wonderful work, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Um, in the meantime, let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, people cease some common sense and vote for change on the 21st of this uh, of this month. Of course, we, we, we deserve it. I mean, Albo's right when he, serve, uh, when he says we can do better. He the Marcus Paul Hotline. Starter FM. 0406 521 250. Call now and have your say 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs>